Today on this episode of First Lady and Friends, I had a great conversation with Sally Steed, the Vice President of Sales at Deseret News, and Lynette Clower, the Director of Events at Utah Business, as well as our very own Sarah Allred, our Deputy Director at Show Up Utah. We had a great conversation about teachers, about educators, about our educator conference that's coming up, as well as a really new project, an exciting project that we're working on together with Deseret News and Utah Business in bringing a gala together for our teachers and celebrating our education community. Super excited to have you listen to this episode. Let's get proximate. Welcome back to First Lady and Friends. So excited today to have some dear friends that that we've made in the last little while. Um, Sally Steed, Vice President of Sales at Deseret News, and Lynette Cloward, Director of Events at Utah Business. And welcome back to the show, Sarah Allred. Hello, hello. Deputy Director at Show Up uh, Utah. So we're, we're really excited. And, and why we have um, this group of amazing women here today is to talk about uh, a, a little project we've been working on um, that's turned into a really big project, which we're really thrilled about. But it has to do with our educator conference and, and what we've been working on there. So before we get into that, let's talk about each one of you, because I just love to connect with people and hear your stories, because it's my favorite thing to do. Um, so let's start with Sally. Um, talk a little bit about yourself, your background, where you grew up, talk a little bit about your family, wow. all that kind of stuff. Wow, this is where the show gets a little boring. <laughs> um, no, this is like Oprah style. We're, we're going to get some really fun stuff out of you. No. <laughs> I, we can hope so. So Leighton, Utah. I grew up in Leighton, Utah. I've lived in Utah my entire life. Um, went to school at Leighton High, went to school at Weber State back when it was a college, mm-hmm. um, and spent the first 14 years of my career working at Panasonic and with the Techniques musical instrument lines there. So did not start in media and somehow got, got uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I was stolen away from Panasonic mm. to work in the newspaper business. Didn't figure I'd be here long, but 19 years later, here I am and... It's nothing but a good time. I love the the company. I love the product, and it's pretty much my life. Oh, I love that. Do you? So, were your? Tell me a little bit about your parents in Layton. Was it Hill? What? What? Where? How did they end up in in Layton? You know, our. And do you say Layton or Layton? I say, I feel like if you're from Layton, you know the people from Layton because they say Layton instead of Layton. Yes. Okay, but there you Layton, go. Utah. There you go. You know if you're a yokel. Yep. <laughs> yep. So uh, our their family, um, my grandparents were from Farmington. So mm-hmm. we are long term Utah. My parents have lived in Layton their entire life, and. Uh, my dad is a concert pianist. My mom worked at a law office, and we're just your typical small family. I have one sister, and th- I mean nothing really exciting. Again, this is the more boring part of your part of your podcast <laughs> because all. we are just your typical family living life. Oh, I love it. Did you where? Did, what law firm did your mom work at? Bean and Smedley oh, offices. Okay. In, was it in Salt Lake or was it was she in? it was actually in Layton? Oh, okay. Because I so I, I asked that because my parents are from uh, Davis County and my mom grew up in Layton. Okay, there we go. So my my grandpa uh, worked at Hill. All right. My grandma was a school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, at one of the little elementaries there. I don't. Remember. I wish I could remember Lincoln what. Elementary. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps she lived sort of by Gentile Street. Yep. Dixie Drive. I know where that's at. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a different there's a different school down there, but I can't yeah, think of the I, name. Anyway, 
I'm sure it's changed over the years, but um, yeah. So my my dad's dad was an attorney and had his own private practice in Syracuse. Okay, very close. So that's why I wondered if yep. it was it was a lot smaller than they it all is know. Now. It's a small world in yeah. those law firms for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's amazing. And so, talk a little bit maybe about you. You got into newspaper. Would you say how many years ago? Nineteen. Nineteen. So, so that was pretty pr- prime newspaper. Maybe a little back in the good days. Good days. The good so, old days when it was newspaper was king. Yeah. So talk yep. a little bit about. I mean, over the last nineteen years, you've seen a shift, obviously, sure. to digital, and and just some some really. Kind of difficult years for the for the industry. Uh, evolution at its at its greatest. Um, sure, back when I came into it, it was newspaper was everything. Uh, it, I hate to say you didn't have to try because we worked very hard, but a lot of things came to you very easily in those days. Um, and slowly transitioned to where you know today it's a very difficult job, but I don't regret staying in it because it's taught me a lot about having to grow and having to evolve, and the need to not stay stagnant and stay in one place. Um, the people that are left doing media, the people, you know, that work for me are the hardest workers I know because it's just not easy anymore. It's a, it's a broken windshield where there's so many options and so many places you can go and it comes down to the service you give and the person that you are and the connections that you make. So yeah, I like it. Yeah. I I do have to say, you know, we have our, our little local newspaper in San Pete County, um, called the messenger and, um, We've watched it kind of struggle in the last several years, and um, I I don't know how long it's going to last. I, I I will be devastated. We still get it sent here to Salt Lake to uh, to our house. It's good, and we I I have to say I just was thinking about it going away, and I think. That will devastate what is already happening. You know, I think it will exacerbate what's already happening in our communities, which is that lack of connection. I mean, I get my little newspaper every week and I see all the weddings. I see all the local, you know, the kids that are all going on missions. These are my friends, kids. Yep. yep. Um, these are, I see who died. Yep. I see what's happening at the high schools. I see the Sterling Scholars just this last week right. that were awarded. And yes, we beat Manti in all the categories. And <laughs> <laughs> just saying, <laughs> just saying, John Cox. No. <laughs> so we have a little rivalry. You know, nor Sampi Bante. Um, but, but to me, that's my connection to my community. It's personal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I see the booking I report. I see who's going to jail. I mean, <laughs> it's, there's there's something different about it. There's something special about holding that newspaper and reading it and. And I, I see those obituaries online every day, and I still get excited for when the paper prints to go through and look at the obituaries again and read it. It's yeah. a sickness. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is something unique about not being distracted in my mind. Online, yeah. you're very distracted. When you're sitting holding a paper, you can put down the phone and you can yep. take it in. And, and it's a lot more investigative type of reporting now instead yeah. of breaking news. Yeah. So it's definitely evolved, but... The the quality that they put out at the Deseret News for me is is still second to none. Yep, yep, and it's a it's a connection to to our local communities, yes. which I I don't think you can replace on digital format. Agreed. Um, and it, and it's a trust thing for me. It's mm-hmm. a that's a trusted source of 
of what's happening in my community and and how I connect with people and um, you know you see the most tragic things happening there you see the I see the the car wrecks and lots of times these are people we know and yes. um, you know especially in such a small community and so for me it's like I would be devastated if if my little newspaper went away I feel the same I feel the same <laughs> we do a lot of online but I like to not think about the day. Yep, that I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. So, exist. if anybody wants to, I know it's. I know they're looking for a buyer at the Manta, at the Sam Pete Messenger. Used to be the Manta <laughs> Messenger, so I always get them. Um, anyway, so thank you, thank you, uh, Sally. It's it's really fun to get to know you better and and understand your story. Thanks, uh, Lynette. Let's talk yes. about you. Talk about your background, where you grew up, and stuff. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm probably a lot more boring than Sally. How's that? <laughs> um, born and raised in Salt Lake City. Uh, Lived up in Logan for a short time period, uh, moved to uh, Magna, went to Cypress High School, and have got married and moved out to South Jordan. So kind of a Utah girl, too, I guess, here I locally. It. Yeah, yeah, it's I great. Love it. Yeah, so again, what... What what's kept you here? What's you know what you went to school? Tell me where you went to. I, I graduated college. from Cypress High School. Okay. I did not go to college. Okay, okay. Um, I was one of those kids that uh, graduated from high school and decided I wanted to do something a little bit different. So I went and was a nanny for a year back east. No kidding. Where? Uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Oh. So I was there for a year, uh, had one little girl that I took care of, um, had the time of my life, a couple of friends, we both all went out there and just was a nanny for a year, came back and then I thought, okay, it's time to settle down, <laughs> time to do something. So got a job um, and just started working. So And and then how, where, where did you make the transition into, I mean, have you always been in, sort of in the area of as you were working in, in this, I mean, magazines, again, those, there's, they've had some transitions as well. Absolutely. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like the magazines, maybe they're having a little resurgence. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Utah business is really strong, yeah. actually. We've, we've got, uh, we're very well placed in the Utah market. We cover everything. Uh, you know, we have roundtables discussions. We have people that we recognize each month uh, with events. And, you know, we're, we're trying to hit all aspects of the business market out there. And I think we do. I think we do a great job at covering that. Um, I've been I've been doing events probably for the last 12 years. I was a, a mortgage person prior to this. And when the mortgage industry crashed in uh, 2007, I took a few years off, hung out with my children for, for a little bit of a time. And then I decided again, it was time to get back to work. So was hired uh, by Utah Media Group, which is a part of the Deseret, was a part of the Deseret News at that time, um, and started working with magazines on that side of it. And then then I went right into doing events myself uh, and then was hired back on with Utah Business probably about 10 years ago, almost Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. So have a great job. My job's wonderful. I get to meet uh, individuals and companies throughout the state that you don't, wouldn't normally be able to reach so many powerful people that are out there, women, especially um, in the marketplace out there with, with business that you get to know them, you get to meet them. And it's exciting to to highlight and spotlight these women that women and CEOs or attorneys or whatever the case may be, whichever event that we're recognizing for that month, um, give them a spotlight, let them, let them have a little bit of shine. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it. And and the magazine is amazing. We get it um, at the mansion. We we love it. Um, yeah. It's it's an interesting. Uh, I love the articles. I love what you're doing. And and I'm like you. I love to get to know people's stories. Right. I, I'm just fascinated by humans. And I know. Me and, too. <laughs> me too. And it, and it's great. Um, like I said, you know, we we went to the mansion this morning, and we just had filmed two of our. Uh, or two days worth of filming for our 30 women to watch, mm-hmm. which this year we had over 500 nominations for. Wow. It was unbelievable. They just kept coming in, um, which made it very difficult for our panelists that um, we reach out and we contact previous winners and we send all these nominations to previous winners to rate from one to five. Um, and then we collect them all back. And that's how our honorees are selected for our events. Um, previous winners have that opportunity to go in and, and read and, and look at them. So they're picked from their peers. But this one was a, this one was a hard one with 500 nominations. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what was exciting is today when I'm at the breakfast with you folks, I, there were two honorees that had just come through and done their photo and video shoots. And they were still excited and giddy about the opportunity of being recognized for what they do. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that telling your story. Sarah, let's, you know, Sarah's been on the program a few times, but I don't know if we've deep dived into Sarah. So let's, let's go back and let's talk about your, (laughs) very vulnerable. Start at the beginning. Yeah, start at the very beginning. See, I was born and raised in Sandy, well, mostly Draper back when it was a small farm town. I did not live on a farm, but our backyard was like a dairy and Mm -hmm. then just fields. And we would just play in the field and climb the mountain, and it was great. And then I graduated from Alta High School, went to BYU, which is classic. I don't know. Met my husband. I did. I did nanny as well. Did you? So I nannied in southern France, and it was actually a girl Fun. with. It was so great. It was a girl with special needs. She had um, something similar to cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And so I did that and then came home and met my husband, got married, I graduated from BYU like seven months pregnant. I mean, is there anything you more do. classic than that? <laughs> I don't know. From Utah. <laughs> like, talk about a Utah girl right here. <laughs> no, and I stayed home with my kids for a number of years, was always involved with um, politics and campaigns and school. And then once my youngest was about to launch into kindergarten, I got involved in campaigns on a more professional level and worked on your campaign, which was just a joy a great way to get to know you we went on some road trips together we and had, uh, 248 yes, cities and you towns. get real close real quick in a small rv we are sisters now <laughs> and it's just so fun to work on the initiative to do the things that we promised we would do out yeah. on the on the road so. yeah you may have yada yada past you were an intern at the white house i was yeah. yes so when i first got married we Got married and then like three days later moved to D.C. And I interned at the White House for Laura Bush. So I'm a real big fan of first ladies. Um, and my husband worked at a t- as a temp. And we always just laugh about that. It's <laughs> like, I just followed you out. <laughs> worked as a temp for, you know, a semester and, yep, came home. So, yeah, yeah. I love that because, I, I mean, she's, she has had some great experience. You've had great experience in in, um, I mean, it was at the White House, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, so, it was a good time. Watched yeah. movies in the White House theater, did wow. the whole thing. It was so fun. So great. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, yeah, we love that. Um, we want to get into what we are working on together, and we'll do that yes. when we come right back. We're back here on First Lady and Friends with Sally Steed, Lynette Cloward, and our own show-up 
Deputy Director, <laughs> Sarah Allred. Um, we've been working on this, and Sarah, Sarah, do you want to talk a little bit? We, we in our last podcast, talked a little bit about um, the, the Show Up for Teachers conference that we've been working on. So why don't you introduce that a little bit more, mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of talk about what we did last year and and maybe what we what we what, what we've been scheming what about coming up so last year was our first conference it was well attended really great we had some really great um, participation from the educators around the state and what we did is we brought them all to the salt palace there were about 1100 educators that attended um attending keynote sessions with incredible um keynote speakers, Mark Brackett, Tim Shriver, and then we had about 88 breakout sessions covering all sorts of topics from stress management to meditation to breath work to how to have difficult conversations, how to create a a classroom of belonging. I mean, really, with 88 sessions, you cover a lot of things. Um, But all of it geared toward really helping teachers with their well-being, their mental health, their emotional intelligence, all of those skills um, and muscles that just make a well-rounded person ready to teach our students. So that was how it started was um, to take care of that side of educators to make sure they're taken care of and to bring in the community to support them and make them feel appreciated, which is where we have um, these fine ladies because they have jumped on in a big way. And I want them to kind of announce what we've got coming up for this year. Yeah. Yeah. Sally, why don't you talk a little bit about um, kind of how this all came to be our our partnership here? Sure. I'm, I'm even trying to think back how it first started, but we usually try to pick a cause every single year um, that's important or find an area where there's a gap that needs exposure. And I was quick to jump on board when somebody mentioned education. I, I'm passionate about it. I think that anything that you do in life, anything I can think back on that I may have done well, you could attribute to a teacher that taught you and inspired you and, and engaged with you. And boy, talk about... a an area where I feel they may be the most unappreciated job there is and the most important job there can be in our lives. So when when they mentioned education, we jumped right on board um, and talked about doing a gala that celebrated teachers where the public would nominate teachers and and give them a night to, to make them stand out along the way somewhere. And I wish I could remember where we crossed paths with this amazing program of Show Up Utah. And... Uh, quickly just reached out and said I, I think we could I think we could make some synergy together by pulling this into one program and having a full day for them with your awesome program and celebrating them the next night with a full gala and one thing led to another and here we are and we're very excited we're very honored to be a part of it and I can speak from the top down that we're completely engaged and looking forward to everything that comes with it yeah we're so excited Lynette do you want to just talk about maybe the the actual event itself and and what's what we're planning. Absolutely. Um, so it will start the festivities off with a reception that evening. It'll be about an hour and a half reception where we'll have some fun things for um, all attendees to participate in. Um, we'll have nice appetizers and different things like that for everyone to enjoy. Uh, at about 7 o'clock is what I'm thinking. We'll all go into the ballroom where we will have a, a nice three-course meal um and we will have video production of each of our honorees that are selected, um, and we will recognize them um, with a video. We'll award them with a, a plaque. We'll, we are definitely planning on hearing from you, um, and just want to make it a special evening for, again, like Sally said, teachers, um, businesses, uh, businesses that give back to teachers, um, educators, all different kinds of educators, deans, 
uh, colleges, what whoever is doing their part to uh, help the education system here in the state of Utah. I think it's very important that we we reach out and we recognize recognize them as well. Yeah, I love that. Sally, do you want to just talk a little bit about um, maybe the importance that you see in, you know, what this will do for educators, what this will do to shine a light? Like, what do you what do you hope the outcome will be? I, I hope the outcome is that all of us engage in and are grateful for teachers and the, the jobs that they do. Um, I mean, the, the Abby Cox of tomorrow, the Sally Steed of tomorrow, the Lynette um, Cloward of tomorrow are very dependent on teachers and good teachers, having qualified teachers that engage with students. And if if we had one goal walking away from this, it's that hopefully all of us realize a little bit more the support that's needed, the, you know, as businesses, the investment that's needed to make sure our school system is strong and our kids have the best education possible. And really that's our whole goal, lift the teacher up, give them some of the pampering that they so rightly deserve and hopefully create some long-term stability because the businesses and all of us support them a little bit more than we do now. Yeah. Sarah, why don't you talk a little bit about how, you know, kind of the the feedback we've gotten from teachers as it relates to um, kind of their the current state of their jobs <laughs> and, and what they're, what, you know, just the yeah. things they're experiencing. Yes. So uh, it is not an easy time to be a teacher. I think the pandemic exacerbated some of the issues um, and that seems to have, have faded somewhat. I think we learned a lot um, with education during the pandemic, but what happened after the pandemic has been, has been tricky. There's been a little, there's been some backlash in the community against Teachers against the education system in general, and teachers feel that, and they feel that very quite personally. Even if it's not them getting called out, just the general feeling toward teachers has felt negative, has felt um, there's not been a lot of support. And so what's been great about this conference and this partnership with Deseret News is it gives us a chance to show that the community does support them. And I know we've talked about um, this the statistic out of USBE that 91% of parents are really happy with their children's schools. And it's just getting those parents to speak up, getting those business owners to speak up, getting those community leaders to speak up because they're out there, but they're just not the loud voice. And so what we are really trying to do and with this partnership is to activate that voice, to activate the majority of parents and community members that really are very happy with our teachers because right now they're feeling pretty beat up. And in a lot of conversations I've had, they they, they need the support that we have to give. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we as we talk to businesses um, and, you know, Lynette, you you mentioned these businesses and and people that are are supportive of the education community, like their businesses understand the power of a teacher. And what we're what we're trying to do, I think, is really make sure that we all remember the power of a teacher. And I think we can have, uh, we can sort of drown out those negative voices and those negative influences by rallying our, our business community, by rallying our, our, uh, you know, again, those parents, most, the vast, I mean, you can't get 91% of people to agree on, anything so the fact that (laughs) the fact that you know there is this and i think it's because you know and it goes back to sally a little bit to this um 
you know, getting away from that community news cycle mm-hmm. and getting to where, I mean, there used to be a saying called, um, in, you know, politics that said um, that all politics is local. That's not the case anymore. That's very true. And all politics is national, mm-hmm. maybe yep. international now. Mm-hmm. And what happens is if some negative story comes out in, you know, New York or California or anywhere else in the United States that that just blows up because we have it's this everywhere. viral society. Yep. It's anymore. everywhere. Yeah. All of a sudden, uh, there's, uh, uh, you know, people that are watching really negative, usually cable news type, um, you know, outlets. Mm-hmm. See this, see a, a story of this and, and just lose their minds thinking, oh, well, this must be happening here. It's automatically here. true. Yeah. If yeah. Facebook says it, it's true. Yes. yes. <laughs> Something to it's that effect. The you're, you're very right. And and unfortunately, that's a part of our society that yep. that's the negative part of communication today. But it's the part we've got to fight the hardest against and change the way people see that profession and give them some support and some love and hope that the the kids of tomorrow have the best teachers possible and that there are people out there saying, I want to be a teacher. Yes. It's, it's that, I think there's a problem there. You don't hear a lot of people saying, I want to, I want to be a teacher when I grow up. And that's the most important job there is. We need a lot of very good students wanting to be teachers. Yeah. And, and I would just say, and maybe Sarah, you can speak to this too. Um, what, what we've been working on too post last year's conference is this idea of really taking to heart what we can do to prepare teachers for the students they're seeing today. And to that end, we've worked a lot with our um, higher ed folks. Yeah. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we've been able to visit, I want to say, uh, every institution with a teacher program. Yeah. Um, and we have been able to sit down and say, hey, like, how are things changing? Because the students... That were, you know, that you were teaching 20 years ago are obviously different than the te- students that teachers are preparing to teach today. And it's been great. I think we've had, we have some very innovative leaders in our higher ed institutions that fully recognize that. And I'm excited to see what they have um, coming up because they recognize that teaching is different. Teaching looks different today than it did 20 years ago. And I think they're very aware and they are, they're changing how they are te- preparing teachers to go out into that field. Yeah, I think I've heard a lot because actually being, you know, coming through one of those programs at Utah yeah. State, um, getting, I remember getting into the school and thinking, you know, I learned so much. And of course, this is where my passion comes with, with Special Olympics and, and inclusion. Um, I, I learned in, in that experience after leaving school, learning about all the data, all the be- best practices, all the things that we know about inclusion and, and how powerful that is for our typically developing peers or students as well as our students with disabilities. Um, we know, I mean, there's so much data and research around that. And I remember getting into the classrooms and still I go to schools all the time where I, I end up in a classroom, they're like, yeah, come see our, you know, our, 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 you know, there's lots of different words for it, but it really is a special ed classroom where all the kids with disabilities with severe disabilities are all in the same room together without their typically developing peers. And, and to me, it's that disconnect between what we're learning in and as best practices, what we're learning yeah. that these students need Asian. and what we're actually seeing 
um, practically in the schools. And, and so to me, it's not only that, it's how do we get teachers to be those advocates in those classrooms to make those needed changes um, as we go forward. And I think another thing we've been seeing is the power that teachers have to make their own change. And we've talked with some really incredible teacher leaders that are out there advocating and training other teachers to advocate. And that's something we've been interested in um, pursuing a little bit. And at the conference, we will be touching on that. But how to give teachers the space and the skills to tell their own story because they're all powerful stories. When you hear an individual, an individual story from a teacher of how they are effective in their classroom or a relationship they've had with a student, those are very powerful stories. And I think the more we get those stories out in the public, it naturally creates support. It naturally is going to create an environment where our schools are really going to thrive. Yeah. And Lynette, you know, we talk about uh, magazines and and Utah business. That's their that's their bread and butter is telling people's stories. Absolutely. So talk a little bit maybe about the stories, you know, and how powerful that can be in in any industry, but especially with our educators. Oh, well, we definitely want to have the word get the word out about our teachers. Um, Again, they're they're vital to these young people that are coming up that are going to be our business leaders. So we want to have, we want to have that. We want to have some special people that can take care of that. And again, we love the opportunity of featuring and recognizing different individuals. And I think teachers need a spot in this, in our magazine a little bit more than maybe they have been. Um, We do cover quite a bit of the universities um, and again, different business leaders, but I think, I think you're absolutely right. We need to probably do a little bit better job of letting teachers know how important they are um, because they are the bread and butter for us for years to come for our, the people that are going to be in Utah, working yep. in Utah, yeah. and they're going to be running these companies. So yeah. I that, think it's vital. That's exactly right. And I, I don't think people, I, I mean, I know, I know we know that, but I think unless we really stop and think about um, the, the students are, I mean, what, what kind of humans are, are we building as teachers? What kind of humans do we want running our society in just a few short years? They're going to be the leaders. They're going to be right. the political leaders. Right. They're going to be the business leaders. They're going to be the community leaders. They're going to be the workers of the future. What what type of student, what, what kind of attributes, what kind of characteristics do we want those students to have? Mm-hmm. Yes, as families, yes, as communities, we're building that as well. But but there, there is a powerful uh, influence when it comes to our education system and how those, how, wh- what kind of outcomes that we see. So, uh, sure, yeah. I, anyway, I, th- socially and intellectually, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's where yeah. I learned any social skill that I have from good teachers. So I feel like that's important too. We spend a lot of time in front of TVs and monitors and and everything else, and the face time they get is with a teacher. That's yeah. where they're going to learn those skills. And I think we all sort of experienced that during the pandemic, too, when we realized, you know, sure, we can learn academics. You can put your, your lessons up on Zoom. But what, we, what we've seen, and I think we're still going to, for, for a long time, going to see the repercussions of not having those social interactions and not learning those emotional intelligence yeah. skills for those many years. I have to right. say, like, I have, we were, I was talking to a teacher who, in, in a middle school, who um, teaches eighth grade, and he said, I have, I have never seen anything like this, but my eighth graders 
have the behaviors of a fifth grader. And and I've and I've mentioned this many times before, but um, we know from research that we've seen at the University of Utah that our the kids coming in to, as freshmen have ha- in in our universities have had fifteen thousand fewer social interactions, mm-hmm. which me which equates to three years. So this at is a, like at a critical age. Yes, at a critical at a age when you learn to be social. When you learn the to most interact. critical yes. age, we just yeah. send it's, them off on their own. It's frightening. So think about a fifteen-year-old trying to navigate the world of a, as a freshman in college, and yes. so that's and, and again we can see that that leads to mental health issues and all the things that we're seeing. And right. it, you know, there's a lot of things that contribute to that, but I think that's one of them. Um, I want to when we come back, I as we finish up here, I want to talk a little bit about teachers that each of us. Um, that they've ex- that they've influenced us. I mean, I want to I want to shout out to those teachers in our lives that have made a difference. We'll do that when we come right back. Back here with First Lady and Friends, we've got Sally Steed, Lynette Cloward, and Sarah Allred. We are talking all things education, educators, the power of an educator. Um, you know, we talk about there's a lot of studies around uh, the 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 power of the one. And, and really that one person in your life that, that has made a difference and everybody needs that one caring adult. Um, and we've talked a lot about that and many, many, many times it's a teacher. Um, we, I always say, especially during the pandemic, we learned that teachers are frontline workers. They are on the front lines. They get, they get the trauma from kids. They get the hard things. They, they see, I know one of our friends who's a teacher, uh, said I, when I was on zoom with my students during that time in the pandemic, I was seeing into their homes which was really powerful. He he teaches uh, uh, at Meadowlark Elementary School. Um, it was really tough. As John Arthur, our, our good friend, uh, friend of the program, <laughs> but he he talked about how he was seeing into the homes of these of these students, and really eye opening. Um, what they were dealing with day in and day out, these students and, and just the, the, you know, the really hard things that they, they had to live with. Um, but I know each of us and I'll start so you guys can kind of figure out this, but I want to talk about who's been a real influence, um, as a teacher and what we did at the conference, which was really fun when we had our educator advocates come, we had them fill out as they were coming in a little sticker. It was, and these were business leaders, legislators, like High up people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should, you should tell. Should. Them. So we, yeah. t- they came and each of them filled out a s- sticker that said, um, s- the, they had to fill out the teacher that changed their life. So yeah. it was so and so from whatever school changed my life. And it was so fun to see all these people walking around holding the name of the person that changed them yeah. and the educator that changed them. Yeah, I, I just think it was, it was a powerful little moment where those educator advocates could stop and think. Yep about the power of an educator um, and, and and what that means for their businesses, what that means for their organizations, what that means for our future, uh, these students, that these are our future, and how do we how do we get the best educators to make sure that those those students have what they need. Um, 
And so I'll, I'll just start. It's funny. I, I've had people ask me this many times about, you know, who's, who's been an influence for me. I mean, I have to start obviously with my, my mom was never my teacher in school, although she was an educator. She started teaching. She was teaching before I was born. Uh, and then she taught after my youngest sister, uh, was in school. And so I never had her as a teacher, although some of my younger siblings did. Um, but I do remember having moments where she, my parents owned a office supply store in Mount Pleasant and I was in preschool kindergarten at that time and I'm old. And so SRA was, was, a was these things, these little work things that we did. And I learned how to read at the foot of my mom in the store, um, learning how to do these little, little worksheets and, and learning how to read. Um, as a preschooler and a kindergartner at my mom's feet. And so I think obviously she's, she's not only an educator, but she was my, my first teacher. Um, my grandma was a teacher. I do remember going into Layton at her classroom and I had to be really little cause she, she retired. I remember her retiring. And so I, I was probably five or six when I went into her classroom. It was kind of her last her last time she was retiring, and and so I do remember having that moment in my grandma's classroom. Um, so those those are really powerful. Obviously, elementary school, I had some great great teachers, but going through and and all through my my public education in a, in our rural area, we had really phenomenal teachers. I was just two more. One is that in our high school uh, English teacher, he also taught humanities. He also taught. Choir <laughs> also taught French. Uh, this is what happened. Little house on the prairie. Yes, and he was, he had a he had a doctorate, and he was he could have been teaching at any university he wanted. I mean, he was just really brilliant. And I remember it, people would ask him, you know, why are you why are you why do you come to this little rural high school to teach? And he said, Oh, I just love high schoolers. They're they're almost like real people. <laughs> and those of us almost. that have high schoolers, almost. like almost. we we feel that they're almost they're three quarters big. Um, and so he was just, he was really influential because he just uh, so much to offer and just really cared. Um, but I will say the, probably the most influential educator I had was a college professor. Her name is Barb Fichtel. I've talked about her on this program before. Um, she, she really took an interest in me and it was a really tough time. I was trying to finish. My husband was finishing and heading off to law school. I was worried about getting student teaching in before we had to move to Virginia. Um, she went out of her way way before internet and all these things, you know, where we could really do video over, over the internet. And I videotaped my, my classroom in Waynesboro, Virginia, sent it to her in the mail. Uh, she did her evaluations. She made that happen so that I could finish my degree. Um, and so, and she just, every, every time I got all stressed out, she'd come in, she'd say, Abby, take a breath, <laughs> just breathe. And, uh, she, she was just amazing. I still, I, you know, every once in a while we, we, um, we connect with the same, we, we have friends in common and she's, she's just amazing. She's still there at Utah State. So anyway, that's my experience with my, the educators. Um, Lynette, let's, let's talk about yours. You know what? I had great, uh, teachers all, all the way through, but my very favorite teacher was Mrs. Cheever. She was my second grade teacher. Um, and I think I liked her the most and she, she actually came across more as a friend to me, um, 
we both had similar interests. She, there were two teachers at the school, Cheever, and I think her name was Mrs. Smith, and they used to go to the Grizzlies hockey game. Or not the Grizzlies. <laughs> back then it was, what was it back Oh, then? I'm trying to remember. Back, Golden Eagles. Oh, Thank you. There it is. So, so my grandpa ran the, the penalty clock for the Golden Eagles back oh, in the day. So I would go with my grandma all the time, and I would always look down at the right behind the goal net um, across from us. Uh, there was Mrs. Cheever and Mrs. Smith sitting there. <laughs> and so it was always fun to go back to school and, and have her have that relationship with me, let me know what, my, what I thought was important was important to her too. So um, she's probably one of my very favorite teachers ever. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Sally. Well, any any teacher that I had that's listening to this right now is probably like, oh boy. <laughs> uh, they, they're probably still in counseling. Um, same, same with mine. <laughs> but if I were to pick a standout, I, I am not a person that can sing at all. I'm that person that the word choir is like, please don't come. Um, print the program. You're in charge of printing the program, not singing. But but I had this passion for music, and I had a father that was very musical, and so I had a music teacher, Joe Everton, that took me aside and taught me to play the guitar. And it was rare back then that you found a female that could play the guitar, and he taught me to be extremely good. And it put me in music classes all through my high school days, and I ended up working for Panasonic or yeah. Techniques for 14 years. I mean, it became my education. So I learned to be musical without that singing voice, and forever, I mean, I owe him a lot. He's probably still in counseling, but I definitely <laughs> owe him a lot. Sorry, Joe. No, I was I was that one that they my they my mom would go into to parent teacher conference and they'd be like, my mom would say, I know she talks a lot. Just move her <laughs> by your desk it's, and keep the, her away from everybody. The else. word is creative mind. My mom would that's, say she's a very creative mind, and that made it okay. And now it's just she's a podcaster. Yes, that's right. <laughs> see, see, teachers, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> Yeah, Sarah. All right. Okay. I, can I share two? I'm yes, to. absolutely. So my first was my second grade teacher, Mrs. Rasmussen. And I think about her all the time because when I was in second grade, she taught us how to spell the word beautiful. And she did this like clap that was B-E-A-U-T-I-F-U-L. And she said, every time you spell that, think of me. And then she burst out laughing because it's beautiful. <laughs> and to this day, every time I spell it, I'm like, oh, Mrs. Rasmussen. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I should. Yeah, why didn't I think of that I with know. my kids? Like, every time you I know. Every time I spell that you word, should I think, think of your mama. Miss Rasmussen. <laughs> but my, um, the teacher that comes to mind as kind of that changed my life and shaped me is in my senior year of high school, I took an art history class. And I had no interest really in art history, but my older siblings were like, this is like required, a required class at our house because she was so incredible as a teacher. So Mrs. Hughes taught AP um, art history. And I walked in the first day, having never really looked at a painting in my life and walked out after 40 minutes. And I was like, I think this is like my calling. Mm -hmm. I think I am passionate about art history. And in 40 minutes, every one of her students just became passionate about art. And I think, I mean, what a gift to be able to share that passion. But I think for me, it taught me about passion. It taught me about loving something so much that you just want to share it. And I just, I'm, I think I'm still looking for that passion that she has. Um, I still adore art to this day, but I am so grateful to her for teaching me how to be passionate. Mm, I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, I just, again, we are, we are putting on a huge conference our educator conference. Uh, 
Sally and do you want to just maybe give a shout out or, or Lynette or both of you talk about what we need from our from our listeners today? Well, we definitely want to hear from them, just like we just talked about people that inspired them. Um, we have a nomination link that is currently open. Um, I believe it's on both of our sites. Um, I'll let you tell it at the end. Um, but we want to have those nominations come in. We want them from administrators to deans to colleges to teachers to also to those businesses that support education, whether it's supporting the teacher, whether it's they donate their time, we want to hear about it. And we want to be able to recognize these individuals, companies, whatever the case may be, at our Black Tie Gala that we're having on July 20th um, to kind of just honor and recognize those individuals. Yeah. Nominate at showuputah.org. Yeah. <laughs> show up teachers. Show up for teachers. Org. Org. Show up for teachers. Org. Yeah. No, yes. It's yes. close. And there's a, there should be a link on that. Please do so. it. Stop okay. right now. Roll up your sleeves. Go vote. We're begging you. <laughs> yeah, we want to make sure that they, they get that recognition. And, and also, you know, those businesses and those people that are supportive, we want to just have a groundswell. Where are our 91% of parents that the, and, the, and the public that loves public education, that mm-hmm. loves our students, that, that are supportive of our educators? Um, you, we want to hear from you. We want to make sure that our, vows, our voices are, are much louder than mm-hmm. it, than any of the negative things that are going on. So, again, we'll, we'll, we'll add those to our show notes and we'll make sure that you have those links uh, available. Please nominate uh, businesses, business community leaders that are supportive, but also educators as well. Make sure that we have those and we just want to one thing i will just end with is that we've we've heard from so many educators that um sometimes they feel like they've been treated like the babysitter down the street i think that's devastating Mm -hmm. i think um you know utah business deseret news um show up utah are all dedicated to making sure that the teaching profession is elevated to the standing that it should have in our community that it's, ha- it's had in the past that for some reason in weird negative ways it, it, it's lost a little bit of that in in some in some ways not that they've not that they've uh, slipped in any way their work is still continuing in fact it's harder than it's ever been um, it's more technical than it's ever been. It's more involved than it's ever been. They're seeing students and, and student uh, trauma and student uh, uh, issues that they've never seen before. So we need to elevate that profession to to the level that, that it deserves. So thank you again for being here. Thank you for thank helping you. us share the stories of our amazing educators. Thanks. To find out more information about our gala as well as our conference, you can go to showupforteachers.org. You can find all the information about how to nominate an educator or somebody in the community that is supportive of our education community in the show notes. Thanks for being a friend.